This is the EdTech Podcast, your B2B show for the best thought leadership in the industry, bringing you education, information, and inspiration, only on MarketScale. sitting there with a pen and paper. Virtual reality is an interesting medium where students can access a wide range of content. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the MarketScale EdTech Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B, and I'm extremely excited for today's deep dive into online learning in the professional world. So here at MarketScale, we produce a lot of content, everything from podcasts to 3D video, And what we've learned is how critical an educational component is to not only growing an audience, but really providing content value in today's B2B market. And a lot of businesses, including ours, are seeing the value of scaling that educational component to a learning management system. So on today's episode, we're getting an overview of where the online learning market is at, the impact that it's having in and outside of the main education sphere, and why owning education can be transformational for a business and its employees. I'm pleased to bring on J.W. Marshall, online learning consultant here at MarketScale for a conversation on this. J.W., great to have you on. How you doing? Great to be here. J.Dub is going to be here. Your nickname. Let's do it. J-Dub. All right. So just to give our audience some perspective on where you're coming from, um, you worked in and around ed tech startups for uh, about 15 years, and that's everything from marketing to sales to consulting. And in that time, I'm sure that you've seen the industry grow and become embedded uh, in our educational culture. So what have been the main reasons why online learning has gotten to this point? Uh, now, you know, with some stats pointing to the whole industry being on track to reach $325 billion globally by 2025. It's a huge metric already. I mean, it's what amazing. do you think has propelled the industry to this point? Well, it's taken a little longer than expected. Yeah. Um, uh, but it's been an amazing revolution. Um, and I'm happy to say that it's finally here. Yeah. Uh, we've been working on this in education for over a decade, almost two decades. Um, and the biggest delay in education actually uh, hasn't been a lack of online learning platforms, um, online content. Um, it's really just been the logistics of the dollars and getting a device into every student's hands. Interesting. Um, without the, the technology, the hardware, um, you know, you can't have online learning. And so it makes sense, but um, it's been a struggle. And education administrators have been working towards one-to-one technology for every student for a long time. And we're now past the 50% mark. So the majority of uh, school districts, uh, students in K-12 through education do have one-to-one uh, technology now, and they're starting to really see the benefits of that. Um, and so that's really exciting. We're not 100% there yet, but we are closer than ever, and it's really um, exciting to see the pace get faster every year. We're going to be there, I would hope, within the next couple of years, um, which is great. Um, so as we all know, the majority of companies um, have one-to-one devices for a long time, right? Right, right. Um, but they haven't been doing online learning as much as we've anticipated. And so, you know, what's the holdup? Why aren't they doing it? Um, And that actually is um, a common problem with education. Um, Leadership uh, in schools, leadership in companies uh, are people, and people don't like change in general. Um, And so this is a new way of doing things, and it's not the way that um, the folks in leadership, you know, learned when they were growing up because it didn't exist. And so change management has been really um, 
slow and uh, you know it's finally turned the corner. I think once you reach that critical mass past 50%, then you start to see uh, those that are the have-nots um, come around to we need this or we're going to get left behind. And so it's that competitive advantage at first that then turns into uh, if we don't keep up with the times, we're going to get left behind. And I think that's what we're seeing um, with you know companies today uh, as the majority of companies have online learning in some form or fashion. Um, you're really starting to see, I think now, 60, 70, 80%, depending on the research you look at, uh, of companies that are doing online learning and trying to do it as best they can. Uh, so now you're seeing companies that aren't doing it really scrambling to uh, kind of pick up the pieces and not fall further behind. So um, really it's been you know a hardware and a culture inhibitor that has you know kept um, the industry back, I guess if you want to say. Uh, and those have been the challenges to overcome. So basically are, are you saying the content itself has kind of already found its stride and it was more just finding access to that content, getting that content to the right people. Um, you know, the, the platforms themselves have already found their pace. It was more of just about distributing them correctly. Almost. Um, the content has evolved with the technology. So early, you know, learning management systems are going to be uh, basically a picture uh, they're going to be text only, right? <laughs> right. If, uh, like initially. a PDF document. And then they're going to yeah. be PDF documents, and then they're going to be PowerPoints. And now we are, I think we're in the golden age of online learning that we've got video and amazing, you know, different types of video. We have 3D animations. We have um, interactives. Um, schools in a science lab can now dissect a frog on an iPad um, almost better than a live, you know, specimen that may be defective or, you know, there may be a, no two frogs alike. So I think we're really seeing um, the potential unlocked within the last couple of years because the technology has caught up. So uh, while it's been a people problem and a technology problem, both have been on um, uh, trajectories of evolution, and they're really finally starting to come together. All right, hot take time from J-Dub. Do you think K-12, through higher education, or professional learning has shaped the online industry the most? And we can just look at recent years if you want. I feel like the answer for, uh, you know, the entire existence of e-learning and online education is probably a little more simple. But even if we just look at the last five years, let's say, right, which of those different sects, K-12, through higher education, or professional learning, do you think has really uh, helped bring online education to where it's at today? Sure. So historically, um, and even in recent years, higher education has typically served as the early adopter, or the leader of online learning, mm. um, and in technology in general. So it makes sense if they're supposed to be preparing our future workforce, inspiring our future leaders, uh, that they would have a responsibility, really, uh, to stay in front of new technologies, to prepare students for the future, and that, by and large, includes online learning. Um, so new technologies and advances um, typically trickle down from the higher ed to high school levels to middle schools to elementary schools. Um, and I think it's worth noting we probably shouldn't go any lower than elementary schools. Uh, if you have kids, try to keep them off of technology at least till they're four, five, six years old. Um, I have three under three, and that's easier said than done. <laughs> uh, but, you know, really doesn't do them a service. But uh, then after elementary school, uh, you have business. Uh, which is crazy 
Um, and so, again, in the last, I would say, two years, we're finally starting to see those gaps close, um, that um, you know, evolution is moving faster and faster, and you're finally starting to see uh, companies uh, not be in last place uh, with education. They're starting to innovate more. They're starting to get there, and really a lot of it is because there's been online learning for 10, 20 years now, those companies are starting to have employees that were digital natives. They grew up with technology and they're starting to, to push back and say, hey, the status quo isn't good enough. You know, look at how amazing technology can be, the impact it can have on a company. And um, and that's kind of how we're getting to the future now. Um, it's been a long road, you know, through the past 10 to 20 years. Yeah. Where do you think the B2B solutions uh, or the professional development solutions have the most room to shine to uh, you know, lead an innovation or to you know, start to craft their own lane that affects the rest of the online education sphere? Um, I think one of the big areas that is still developing um, and is really one of the highest drivers of engagement in online learning, which is the most important component a lot of times, is gamification. Mm. Um, and in K-12, gamification can literally be an educational game uh, where you're learning as you're playing a game, um, or oftentimes it's uh, short gameplay rewards as you're mastering content. It's kind of a carrot um, for students. But in you know the corporate space, you're typically not playing uh, games to learn, uh, but there's still gamification. And so it can be a number of different uh, ways to increase engagement um, through a combination of uh, different uh, strategies. Progress tracking is one that's fairly well-known, um, point accumulation systems, uh, rewards points, leaderboards, uh, advancing to higher levels. Um, you see that in a lot of online gaming. Well, that also can apply as you acquire skills, as you move up in an organization. It can be very motivating. Um, customizable badges. Um, and then, of course, you know, prizes are always, uh, you know, a good thing as well to kind of tie in uh, to drive, you know, incentives. And really it's figuring out what's the best mix for your company. Uh, just throwing prizes or money in, in front of uh, employees to do certain things isn't always the best strategy uh, online or not. Um, but um, there are more and more, there's more and more research out there now and more and more creative folks uh, doing instructional design to really think through this type of um Learner and learners could be customers, learners could be uh, employees, channel distribution partners, um, really anyone that's taking the course. Um, and how do we address that uh, learner with uh, the incentives and the engagement that's going to get the, them the most uh, out of uh, whatever we're trying to teach them? Definitely. Well, I mean, we see it in uh, just about every other aspect of our lives. Uh, consumers are really drawn to that experience and that engagement. Uh, that either speaks to them on a narrative level, on an emotional level, or just a, a visceral, uh, you know, excitement level. And this is powering a lot of changes in retail and hospitality and sports and entertainment. Um, and I think your, you know, your idea of gamification and how it can be brought into the professional world is kind of indicative of that too, in that you know, internal or continued education at work doesn't have to feel like a, you know, responsible driving course after you get a, a, a ticket for speeding, right? Um, <laughs> it doesn't have to feel like a corporate PowerPoint where you take notes and you take a quiz and you just kind of, you know, in one ear, out the other, the information. It can be engaging in a way that feels authentic. It doesn't feel canned or hammy or forced. Um, and 
though I think the K through 12 or higher education side of online learning has a lot of creative solutions. Um, I think engaging children and engaging young adults is different from engaging a 40 or 50 year old that is already embedded in their career and you're trying to, you know, elevate them to a different level or you're trying to be like, hey, you know, I know you've been doing this job the same way for 20 years, but guess what? There's a really revolutionary new thing we want to bring into your work. You know, let's find a great way to engage this person. Um, I feel like that will only be solved by bringing online education to the professionals at the B2B level and having them develop their own courses you know, with guidance, but have them develop the right way to engage in their industry. You know, you, There's really no other way to achieve that, in my opinion. Maybe that's a hot take. I don't know. No, that, that is a good hot take. Um, and I would say that, that that's another shift that we're seeing from um, kind of old school learning management systems were really just thought of as a, a compliance tool um, that HR uh, needs to get the, uh, you know, required, um, you know, uh, documents, uh, you know, signed and uh, testing um, to make sure everyone is, you know, not breaking any rules. Um, and it was really um, kind of a beatdown, uh, you know, to, to be forced to, um, to do something. Um, and, and what do you do? You want to learn, you know, just the minimum to pass the test and then, you know, move on, you know, with the things that you're passionate about at work. And so, unfortunately, the early stages of uh, learning management systems kind of got a bad rap uh, that uh, they're, they're boring, they're not engaging, and they're a have to. Um, and now I think you're seeing in the the new world, the digital world of Netflix and YouTube and uh, where you can start um, you know, watching a show and then see more shows like that or watching, uh, you know, a video on YouTube and then serving up more videos like that. You can binge watch, you know, almost anything now. And we hope that training is moving that direction. The online learning is moving that direction where uh, it's so engaging that you want to learn more, uh, that you kind of want to go down the rabbit hole. And so, yeah, there are going to be some basic requirements that we need everybody to learn. There's always going to be compliance. Uh, maybe we can make that a little more fun and engaging as well. Um, but really, we're talking about building skills. And we're talking about, you know, I want to learn this to advance my career. I want to learn this to get that next promotion. I want to learn this because it's a skill that I can, you know, transfer to any uh, type of, you know, work. And so that's, I think, the exciting thing. You're starting to see, um, you know, things like Khan Academy and Masterclass and, um, you know, platforms that are just trying to help people learn without an agenda. And so I think what we're missing is, you know, companies providing that for uh, their employees that are already going somewhere else to get it. And so there's really a, a, a new kind of way of looking at it uh, where you can provide you know, the core training and skill building yourself, but then you can supplement it with all the amazing millions of resources that are out there in the world as well. And so um, the drawback to all those other resources is they're not curated. They could lead people in the wrong direction, right? So just left to themselves, um, you know, your, your workers can learn, but they may not be learning the right things. And so being able to, I, I like the word you use, a guide, um, you know, that instruction, but then also provide opportunities to extend learning as an academic term beyond just the core that you need them to learn. Um, I think the biggest benefit you're going to see is you're building a culture of learning. And that is really powerful for an organization um, so that you don't end up with um, workers that have been there for a number of years and don't want to change anything, right? They're going to want to keep learning and evolving as they uh, progress through their career uh, with your company. 
And what I think is pretty powerful is that you know many companies are already bought into the paradigm of online learning. Where we're at today is not necessarily one of having to educate on education quite as much. It's really about taking uh, companies that already have a vision for online education and actually empowering them to either own some of that content, uh, own some of that education for the industry, or just delve deeper. You know, make it a more integral part of the day-to-day or the culture of the company. So here's some stats for you. In 2017, according to research from uh, Global Industry Analysts Incorporated, 77% of U.S. companies used online learning, which is big. I mean, that's (laughs) three-fourths, and that was in 2017. I'm sure the number has gone up. Um, I'll try to find some more updated stats for next time with you, Jada. But would you say that online learning in the workplace has reached that point where it's evolved from being a cutting-edge extra add-on that, you know, elevates you as a company to now becoming the baseline? You know, if you're not bringing online education into either your internal training or your uh, continued education for your employees, you're now falling behind. Has it reached that point yet? Uh, You know, are we still a little bit out? What's your take on that? I think we're right on the cusp. I think we're at that tipping point where um, 77% of the companies have some form of learning management system, online learning. Um, but the reality is a lot of it is pretty poor. Um, it's not engaging. It's uh, kind of novice level, you know, sure. first, first timer kind of stuff that is a, certainly a step in the right direction. Like reading text and taking a quiz. and the, Right. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and what you see is a lot of these companies have great ideas. They know their product, but they don't know how to create the engaging content. They don't know how to design, um, the content in, you know, engaging sequences, you know, of video and text and assessments and interactives. Um, There really is a science behind it um, and a creativity behind it. And um, for most industries, you know, unless you're an ad agency, uh, how could you be expected to create this, you know, amazing content in the right sequence that's going to engage your employees, right? You need to, uh, you know, typically seek outside help um, to take what you have and make it great. And right. so I think that's what we're seeing is more companies um, have kind of fallen flat in their expectations and they have a decision to make. Do we just kind of let it lie and, you know, limp along or do we revamp and we you know, take another shot at it? And so if you're with a company that's been doing some online learning and it's not been great, it's not too late. You can still turn it around. You're going to need to because after we hit this tipping point, then it is going to become if you don't have it, you're falling behind. Your competitors have an advantage over you. Um, and we talk a lot about employee training, but really customer training is becoming more and more important um, that you want to you know, make sure your customers know everything they need to know about your products, your services. You want to make sure that you're continuing to train them as your products evolve and that you're building that relationship so that they stay with you. Um, and so I think you know, employee training is immensely uh, powerful, but customer training is really sticky and it's really um, giving companies the opportunity to not only maintain uh, relationships over time, but expand them. And um, and it gives an opportunity for them to listen to their customers through those trainings. Um, even if they're just online, uh, there are feedback loops built in where customers can really give their feedback and um, and feel like they're a, part, a partner um, versus just being a consumer. Right. Well, and that's extremely important uh, because it speaks to, I think, a larger emotional connection um, that I think often gets missed in uh, how we determine success as companies. 
you know, clearly looking at the numbers, looking at uh, ROI, looking at profit margins, fantastic. Duh, that's the baseline. But that kind of deeper emotional connection, like can you for certain say, ah, yes, you know, X percentage of our customers understand the value of our product in a way that is much deeper than just it solves it for them. You know, X percentage of our customers have taken a course that reflects that they value us as thought leaders in this industry, trust us as partners in their endeavors. Um, and, you know, that makes them more likely to continue to shop with us uh, and for us to hear their feedback. You know, that, that kind of um, feedback loop, like you said, is really invaluable and something that I think is going to become more of a, a key decision maker for, you know, how companies expand, where they invest, who really is a market leader, you know, who has that kind of educational buy-in from their customers. That's huge. And to that point, uh, the employee buy-in is extremely important for internal training or continued education for your employees. So some more stats to throw your way. Research from Deloitte uh, already points to comprehensive training programs leading to 218% higher revenue per employee uh, you know, when there is some kind of internal training. Uh, the, their pay goes up, revenue goes up. So is this kind of career-building incentive commonplace in how you're seeing uh, online education get rolled out? Are you seeing employees feel that personal sense of ownership over their continued education? And um, do you think there's enough communication there for them to understand that there is all this access to continued development? And, you know, if you buy in, there is tangible effect not only for the company, but also for you, you know, you will improve as an employee. Do you think there's that personal connection there yet? A absolutely. And I think... Um, you know, as the quality of the online learning increases, you're going to see those numbers go up more than 218%. Um, that pr probably has some companies at three, 400% and some, you know, that are, you know, lacking, you know, under. Um, but I think, yeah, you're going to have the intangibles. When you invest in your employees, typically they appreciate that and they're going to work harder for you. That is common sense. Um, but when you're consistent in the training, Again, you're going to build that culture of learning, and that's going to keep your employees more committed to you, and they're going to feel like you care about their career path. Um, and so, yeah, practically speaking, you're giving employees what they need when they need it um, just in time so that they can tackle the next you know, hurdle. That's really, really practical and really, really important. You're going to have less um, you know, em employees in silos. You're going to have less... Uh, you know, employees kind of going rogue and, and you know, patching things up with band-aids and not telling anyone. So you're going to bring together um, your company and you're going to bring together your employees uh, around the online training. Um, and that's going to have an immediate impact, you know, on your bottom line. But I think even bigger are the intangibles where you're going to build that culture of learning to where employees are going to be proactively solving problems, bringing them to the team, asking uh, for that to be included in the next round of training. Um, and again, you're going to see employees want to move up to the next level, the next level, the next level. Um, they want to get certifications. That's another really big topic that we haven't talked about yet. Um, and, and they want to be you know, proud of those certifications. They want to put them on their LinkedIn. They want, even if it's um, you know, not something that's you know, directly related to their day-to-day, -day, uh, but it's something they're passionate about, they want the world to know that. They want it, you know, you know, 
shout from the rooftops digitally. Um, and so you're seeing more and more online certifications for employees, for customers. Um, and it's really the polar opposite of compliance where you have to do this. Um, these are, you know, certifications and online learning programs that people want to do, that they're paying out of pocket to do a lot of times. Um, and so when companies, you know, again, invest in that quality that they're uh, seeing in the market, again, like a masterclass, Khan Academy, um, you know, type, um, you know, online learning internally for their employees or externally for their customers, um, just the, the benefits uh, have a ripple effect um, that then word of mouth is spreading. Uh, hey, have you, you seen the new certification level, you know, and you see it a lot with big tech companies. That's kind of the obvious, um, you know, industry to look at first, um, but it, it can apply to almost any industry. And I think that's where you're seeing some of these um, non-tech um, company, uh, non-tech industries um, start to differentiate themselves from, uh, you know, their comp- competition uh, by building out, uh, you know, comprehensive, high-quality online learning uh, for their their employees and their customers. Yeah. And I think this is amplified in B2B but depending on the industry, e-learning access can be extremely limited. You know, there really isn't a lot already out there for your industry. Um, it could be because the skills are extremely niche. It could be because the market is small. The number of trained professionals is slim. You know, there's there's a lot of reasons why, um, which, you know, often creates an opportunity for small players, large players, whatever, people in that industry to sort of take command of education in their space and deliver it not only to their employees, not only to their customers, but also craft certification and education for the rest of their industry and really differentiate themselves as market leaders. Do you think B2B companies can reliably build out their own internal or external LMS? And is it worth the investment to become your own online educator You know, as a B2B company to say, I am now going to invest in education so that I can begin to craft a lane where me as a company, you know, uh, we as a company, um, get to set the tone for what the leading education is for the rest of the industry. You know, is that worth the investment in your opinion? Absolutely. I mean, it's a a sweet spot if you have that opportunity in your market. Obviously, you know, big tech companies, you know, you can't be the first one to do it. It's already been done. Right. <laughs> um, but for so many other um, um industries, uh, they're lacking um, a thought leader or there maybe is, you know, kind of a, a legacy, uh, you know, company that's always kind of been the thought leader, but um, they've kind of been resting on their worlds and sitting back and, you know, just uh, kind of taking it for granted. There are opportunities there because they're not doing online learning. They're not, you know, engaging the industry the way that they could. Um, absolutely a chance to take them uh, down or increase your market share by becoming that, um explicit out there in the industry making things happen um you know player is a huge opportunity and if you're you know going to invest in you know building your online learning for your you know uh, customers for your employees and there's an opportunity to become the industry uh thought leader as well it it doesn't take that much more work to 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 do that and so um for anyone listening i would highly recommend um if you feel like there might be an opportunity to do that explore it and figure out how to do it because that not only is a, a step above your competition, but that can really set your company up um, for years or decades to come to be that leader 
um, and either be the first to market um, to be that industry leader or to dethrone um, companies that uh, may have been around for a long time, but uh, they're not really actively pursuing this thought leadership uh, through online learning. Sure. And I think a big piece of that is finding an authentic way to develop trust around your brand and around the education that you're delivering. Because there is that natural progression for creating and providing educational content for yourself, for your customers, then thinking, okay, I'm going to provide this for the rest of the industry, and then commoditizing that, making that you know, part of the flow of your industry to the point where people, you know, might pay to take your courses, they might pay for these skills, or even pay for the certifications you were mentioning. What's some advice that you have for companies who are interested in developing uh, industry-wide education, right? Not just for themselves, not just for their customers, but for the industry. What's some advice you have for them to uh, find the right way to build that trust, develop that trust around their educational content and around their LMS uh, so that people, when they see it and they, you know, maybe do a demo or whatever, they feel like, oh, wow, this is not only put together well, but the content is actually cutting edge. It's informative. Um, You know, how, how do you do that on an authentic level? Sure. Well, I mean, the most authentic way to do it is to, you know, do it for yourself first, build it with your employees build it with your customers, and there's typically a a natural progression and organic growth um, to where others are, you know, taking notice and asking, hey, you know, can we get something similar to that? Uh, And maybe it's a little less product-specific or process-specific for your employees, um, but it can have its roots in you've proven yourself to be um, an expert. You've proven that you can um, develop that high-quality content uh, either in-house or with um, the help of a third party, and you're able to then just continue to grow um, out of that confidence that you're building as uh, people are, you're, you're gaining data the entire time. We haven't really talked a whole lot about the data, uh, but invaluable data on what your employees know and what they don't know. I think that's a big question that everyone has to ask themselves. You know, we'd all like to think uh, that all of our employees, all of our customers know everything we want them to know about our company, our brand, our products, our services. Um, But how do you really know? And most of the time, the answer is you don't. Um, And so online learning provides a window directly into how long is it taking your employees to get through certain courses? Uh, what are their initial scores? What um, you know, remediation do they need extra practice to get to where they need to be? Or are they breezing through it uh, because they really know their stuff? Uh, same thing with your customers. How long is it taking where you'll start to identify in the onboarding process and the training process, where are you falling short? And again, that feedback loop, you're going to finally uh, kind of know in real time what's working and not working and make pivots. And that's going to make you better um, at what you do, and that's going to make you better in your industry. So uh, really doing it um, for yourself first, for your customers, uh, perfecting the online learning uh, for your industry uh, yourself, and then expanding out into the market um, is the most authentic way to do it. Um, now, if you've got all the right pieces and you want to go all in uh, on day one, um, that's that's your call. Um, it could work, and uh, it just depends because time is of the essence. You don't want to wait around two or three years to, to work on it yourself and, and over uh, perfect it uh, and miss an opportunity. So uh, there's definitely a balance there. A lot of it has to do with your confidence level, um, but I, I would recommend doing it yourself, proving the concept, you know, kind of putting in your 10,000 hours as quickly as possible and then, you know, taking it out into the rest of the industry. 
All right, JW, before we wrap, uh, one more point I wanted to toss your way. Um, I want to point to a trend that we're watching develop in real time, I think. I mentioned this a little bit earlier, um, you know, with the idea of gamification in online education, but we're really seeing a shift from compliance-focused LMSs, you know, this more practical and logistical in-feel education platform, uh, to learning experience platforms, or LXPs, which have that same practicality, uh, you know, that, that same usefulness, but they're embedded and presented in a way that's more engaging in the learning experience. Like I said, I think this really reflects an embrace of content engagement across all industries and really reflects what people are looking for in how they learn, how they shop, how they live. It's all that same through line, I think. What is making these learning experiences more engaging, right? What is the actual change and what value is there in adding uh, that engaging learning experience to online education? Sure. Um well, the, the biggest difference between the learning management system, the LMS, and the uh, learning experience platform, the LXP, not to get too technical on everyone, <laughs> um, is um, the LMS is controlled by the company, by uh, someone else. And they're you know, putting together um, what you need to know, when you need to know it. Um, you know, they're kind of uh, pulling the strings. Um, and again, that's really, really valuable and important for companies. The LXP is not a replacement of the LMS, Um, but what the LXP does is it really makes it personalized and user-generated, where you want to learn more about, um, you know, a certain industry, and you're going to start in one place, and then, again, it's going to serve up that related content similar to a Netflix or a YouTube where you're going to make your own journey. And while you're doing that, you're going to be uh, rating whether this was a good piece of content or a bad piece of content and sharing it with an ecosystem of um, colleagues, coworkers, um, other industry professionals, and they're going to be doing the same thing. And so over time, it's going to kind of self-curate into kind of the best of the best Uh, content that's out there and available. And so I think the sweet spot we're going to see in the next couple of years is the learning management systems and the learning experience platforms coming together and converging where you have your core content and then you have your extended learning through the LXP and you're going to have the best of both worlds uh, where you're going to be able to get what you need when you need it um, from your company and from the industry. But then you're also always going to be able to be out and pushing the, the content Uh, boundaries to what's the next big thing, what's the future that my company hasn't thought of yet. Um, And you're going to be able to generate your own content and you're going to be able to put it in the LXP. So it's not just going to be other people's content. You're going to be able to put your own spin, your own content in there, um, and then serve that up and see what the market thinks about it, see what your colleagues think about it, what other industry professionals think. Um, And so it's really exciting um, that the same concepts apply um, that if you have the right content delivered in the right technology online learning platform at the right time, you're going to see, you know, tremendous, you know, in-depth learning uh, beyond surface level, uh, you know, learning. And that's, I think, what's really changing um, the digital world that we're living in is that people can go deep and they can go far and they can create their own content and they can bring their content back to their companies. And so uh, I think this revolution is really just at the tipping point, just at the beginning. And uh, it's a really exciting time to, to be an online learner. Sure is. All right. J.W. Marshall, now dubbed J.Dub. 
colloquially, online learning consultant here at MarketScale, JW. Great to have you on. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the EdTech Podcast. Thanks for having me. And thank you, everyone, for listening along to this episode of the MarketScale EdTech Podcast. If you like what you heard and want to listen to previous episodes, you can head to our webpage at marketscale.com slash industries. There you'll find plenty of more EdTech content as well as articles, videos, and podcasts from a variety of different industries. You can also subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And make sure you leave a rating and a comment wherever you're listening to your podcast content. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Till next time.